The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. <laughs> um, I really, yeah, I noticed a big difference when you when you mentioned to slow things down on the walk on the second time. Um, you know, what happened for me was, you know, there's always the sense of attaching to when you know, to, to, to when to react when when they're suffering. When they're suffering, I wanted to react with a kind compassion. But what changed for me was I learned to let go of that attachment. I recognized that everything is changing. So the compassion was no longer seeking this compassionate feeling. It was just, hmm. um, that's part of life. I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like, I felt also like suffering is part of hmm. life for me to experience compassion. Um, and it's just this ever-changing process. Mm. And it really allowed me just to let go. I mean, it's, compassion is really about just letting go. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you for sharing that. It's beautiful to hear that, that insight that came up for you today from walking and slowing down. Like, oh, yeah, it's just changing. It's just Suffering, compassion, the heart opens. Ah, and opening to all of it, opening to this mess that is humanity. And it's always changing, inside and outside. Thank you. Lovely. So when we were doing the first one uh, for Dear Being, um, I was having a hard time because I was doing it for this friend, but I was feeling, um, I guess I realized I was agitated. So I, I, I did self-compassion. Um, but I felt guilty that, you know, anyway, I... I kind of managed to balance between the two. So I was happy when we came back and you said, let's do self-compassion because that's what I needed at that time. And um, this was very deep for me, uh, this uh, guided meditation, because I also uh, took the compassion cultivation training at Stanford. Uh, but I found that you, you didn't do it the way the script is no way no <laughs> i do it nikki way <laughs> and uh so i actually found it very different than uh the um cct uh, meditation um and what i found very powerful is how through the day you've mixed the meta with the compassion and um i've been doing Meta for myself um, every day for the past month, and adding the compassion in the meta in the mix like today was uh, really powerful mm. for me. So um, I want to thank you for that. And 
the question that I wanted to ask was, I was struggling this morning with um, I think it was the meditation before lunch. You know, when you give compassion to someone who is suffering and you say, may you be free from suffering and those things, in my mind, I feel that there is a... It's not... If we're saying, may you be free from suffering, Mm -hmm. it's a nice thing to say, but it's kind of like not staying with the suffering of that person at the time. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I've been ill and people tell me, you know, uh, may your illness goes away or things like this, it doesn't make me feel better. Like I want to hear, I can see that you're suffering right now. So in the meditation that you were guiding, you added that. And it made a a difference for me to stress the acknowledgement of the suffering before doing this or at the same time concurrently. Mm -hmm. And then it started to have, you know, more impact and meaning to me. Because just keeping saying those phrases up to now was... But... It's nice, but, you know, I'm suffering right now. This person is suffering right now. And just talking about, like, rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I see what you're saying, and it's interesting because, and, and I appreciate how actually you, you um, uh, the first part of what you were saying was you're, you're talking about how I'm doing it differently from the script because in the, the Stanford script doesn't have the acknowledgement. It just have may you be free, right? So it just has that. So I've added the acknowledgement, both. So, so, but, and, and I hear what you're saying because in some ways you can interpret the may you be free from suffering is kind of like, oh, I may go away, kind of like oh, whitewashing it. And yet, and yet we also know as wise adults that that's not the intention really right behind the sentence so let's let's kind of be realistic and get behind the intention behind it which is uh, it it is trying to acknowledge and also wishing you ease may may you not have this illness anymore may you have ease right so it's it's link you know um one of my um colleagues years ago so in, in um, my area of expertise was speech recognition. But anyway, one of my colleagues years ago, a linguist, said, um, speech is an impediment to communication. So, so, so a lot of times, you know, you, so linguistically you see something, but you, here you just have to kind of get around the intention. So I hear what you're saying, and... Um, yeah, thanks to your acknowledgement. Right, right. It, it makes sense now. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, and now you can drop the acknowledgement, and hopefully it'll still work for you. <laughs> yeah. What else? Yes. It's coming your way. So um, I have two questions actually. So the first one is: I've been taught from my childhood mm-hmm. that you have to be modest. 
Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically, and my wife is hoping mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm coming to meditation, I'm letting go of my some impulses and not reinforcing them by being compassionate to myself. So, what I mean by that is, by being mindful, sometimes I'm criticizing myself to not be in a certain way. And maybe that is the wrong way of doing it, but sometimes I'm being a little bit hard on myself to tell myself that, okay, this is not the right way, this is the wrong way. And now I'm a little bit confused, confused. Yeah. that maybe that is the right way. You're going to become self-indulgent. Pat myself in the back and say, You're going to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, go back home and she's like, dude, what happened to you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And the second part of that is, yeah, the second great. question is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, being a Hindu... Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not supposed to have that capitalist kind of mentality... The self, you know, the invisible hand doctrine that if I take care of myself, if I'm being selfish to myself, I'll take care of the broader community and the Mm -hmm. broader, you know, people. So if I'm, I'm sort of thinking that, you know, maybe I'm being selfish by being so compassionate to myself. I've only so much reserve of compassion, so so many marvels in the bottle. Maybe I should distribute it and not just give it all to myself. Right, right. Perfect. I am so glad you brought this up, you know, because that's where I was going to go next. To the, to what blocks, what, what are the ways in which we resist, we may resist self-compassion. What are the notions, conceptions, and you already hit a couple on my list. This is great. The first one is that um, the idea that, that being compassionate to ourselves feels self-indulgent. It's, it's like, oh not supposed it's just, it's kind of too much um and and also that here you hit the second one too um actually all three you had three you hit all three this is three four three so second one in, in in these words is that being hard on yourself is the only way to create positive change right if you are self-compassionate oh it's not going to happen you're going to let yourself off the hook so you got to be hard on yourself that um actually um and and then the third one is that self-compassion is selfish. It's too selfish. So great. Any other ones? Let's bring them on. <laughs> this is really good. It's important. This is really good. So, so it turns out that... So something to say, actually, um, the, the fact that... Um, the, the belief that being hard on yourself is the only way to make positive change, actually, um, psychological research does not support that. It actually supports the other way, supports self-compassion. But we need to understand self-compassion clearly. It's not, oh, just giving yourself a free pass. You can be angry and you can, oh, you're... It's, it's not that. It's being kind with yourself, but still having wisdom. So, so continuing this thread, there are many threads here. The one thread is that actually... Self-compassion increases one's sense of accountability, it turns out. True self-compassion. It increases self-accountability. Uh, and um, in fact, let me talk about one, one research project. I think this is, this is a fun one to talk about. Um, 
bring this up. Oh, here it is. So, so there is a study that Leary and, and colleagues did, and they instructed a bunch of participants in the study to, to, um, to be self-compassionate when thinking about a past mistake. Um, and uh, a past mistake, humiliation, or, or failure. And the people who were instructed to be self-compassionate, they were actually more likely to accept personal responsibility for what happened instead of the group that wasn't instructed to be self-compassionate. They tended to, pl- to blame other things and other people and outside events. Because you can see psychologically, if you're kind to yourself, it's like, you know, I really screwed up. And, and it's okay. You're not a bad person because you screwed up. Like, yeah, I really screwed up. Whereas, like, whereas if you don't have self-compassion, if you're in, in you know, self-judging, it's like, well, then you deny it. Like, oh, they screwed up. I didn't screw up because it's so hard to face it. You see what I'm saying? Because there's no space. There's no kindness to, to really acknowledge because you're, ex- you're still loving, accepting yourself, admitting that you screwed up. Now you can take responsibility. A um, couple of other... Uh, studies here, another study is a um, couple of, a few, um, um, this is an amalgamation of other studies that self compassionate uh, activity actually produces a sense of remorse for people to want to make amends, to want to change things, rather than shame, which is a negative evaluation of your own self worth. Does that, you see the difference? Because again, if you don't have self-compassion, it's like, oh, I'm terrible, I'm awful, I'm, I'm no good. That's shame, like, whoa, right? Whereas if you're self-compassionate, if you're understanding your own frailty and, make, and accepting with kindness, then it's there's a remorse, okay, I screwed up and I like to make it better. I want to be better in the future. So that's the mechanism in which it doesn't make you self-indulgent or a bad person. In fact, actually... Uh, um, here's another one. Here's another fun study, and that was this was done at UC Berkeley, um, and they t- uh, they had 100 undergraduate students. Uh, this study was by uh, uh, Brines and Chen. So they had 100 undergraduate students um, think about a recent moral transgression that they had done, and that that they had f- that they felt. Uh, guilty about or they, they regretted something that was on their con- uh, conscience, and then they divided them to three groups. One group, they said, they asked them to write something kind and understanding about what happened. Right, so that's the compassion group, like something kind and un- kind of understanding what happened. The second group, they said, think about your positive qualities. Okay, so this is a group that's still that's doing something positive, right? Um, but it's like positive qualities, not the compassion group, right? So, so that uh, you know, in research, you want to, some things to be matched. The third group, they had, um, they just wanted them to write. So they had them write about their favorite hobbies, right? So it turns out the the first group that was instructed to write something kind and understanding about this this moral transgression they were significantly more motivated to repair any harm uh, that had happened from their transgression and, they co- and committed not to repeat the mistake again compared to the other two groups. That's interesting, right? So I offer that to you and all of you 
as self-compassion when practiced with wisdom, really with wisdom, not making you self-indulgent or n- n- not taking responsibility um, for, for your actions and in, in fact it being the other way around. Let's see if there was another point I wanted to make here. Um, Yeah, and the other the other point I wanted to make is that that self compassion is uh, compassion is selfish. Actually, that is not true either. Because if you're really filling your own cup with kindness, you're more available to give more to others, to be much more generous and kind and and giving to others. Um, because if you're kind of tight inside, because if you're kind of feeling like, right, tight inside you, judgmental to yourself, then you're not available to be kind to others. So basically, um, what what gets dropped with with self-compassion is is the contraction. Is really that's what you you end up losing. Um, and also another thing that you you lose is the excessive self-criticism and negative self-judgment, um, which actually lead to destructive patterns in the mind. They um, lead to depression, lead to self-loathing, and self-directed hostility. Anyone experience that? Yeah. Right. That's the lack of self-compassion. When there is not self-compassion for this dear being who is you, then it goes the other way around. You hate yourself, you are hostile towards yourself, and you don't want to be around yourself. Nobody wants to be around you, right? So turning that around, the, the, and when the self-criticism, and, and again, because we have this cultural belief um, that, uh, that that has been instilled in us, that, oh, in order to, to do well or... or or be an ethical person, you really need to judge yourself and you really need to be hard on yourself. But it's, it's that lacks wisdom, that, that harshness, that, that self-judgment, that self-criticism that we internalize. Um, and we just self-flagellate until we cry, right? We self-flagellate until we cry. It's, there is not, there's no wisdom in it. And it doesn't really motivate us. It doesn't leave any room for want to do better, for remorse, and for making amends. We're just hurting. We're just like hitting ourselves with a thousand daggers. There's not even that space to be available for ourselves or for the world. So, yeah, I want to pause there for a moment. Anything else about about self-compassion. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, just to follow up on what he said, um, I also had a harder time doing the self-compassion. Yeah. But it was, wasn't necessarily I was resisting because of those reasons, mm-hmm. at least as far as I'm consciously aware. I just had a harder time executing the, kind of that third party the the image of whoever image, yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. kind of going from there then yeah. i'm kind of projecting something onto them and then right, they were right. saying this to me i felt like yeah. it was 
few steps removed. So right. I, I had a hard time with that versus yeah. having compassion for a friend was more direct yeah, yeah. and easy. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so there's so many ways to go about this. There's so many ways, and these are creative ways, and some work and some don't. And, um, and the one suggestion that I have is, is use your own creativity. Really use your own creativity. See what works for you. Connect with what works for you. So, for example, um, with the compassionate image, um, something, you know, I gave you so many different choices, right? It could be someone who's been in your life. Maybe it was a coach who just cared for you. And maybe you played sports and, you know, you messed up. And they were still like, it's okay. They were compassionate. They, you know, they weren't harsh on you. Like, start there, right? Start there. For some people, that doesn't work. So something, uh, compassion, you know, the sun or the ocean, that, that works. So see where it works. I've had people talk about how they imagined, um, actually one person was sharing how they imagined um, one, uh, I think it was a grandmother, you know, holding them. There's a grandmother holding them, embracing them, just, you know, being kind to them. Um, um, so you can see, see what works for you. See, this, is, this practice is a creativity practice. Mindfulness you see things as they are, right? Mindfulness, like you just notice what's inside, what's outside, trying to be with reality as it is, okay? The practice of loving kindness and compassion, it's a creative practice. It's whatever tools and we're all different, right? Different things work for us. So you need to put on your creativity hat and figure out what works for you to connect with that feeling, to bring out that feeling of compassion. So for example, when you're saying, oh, it was easier for you to, to have compassion towards your friend, turn it around. Have them compassion for you. Have they had, you know, in the beginning this morning when we talked about when somebody helped you out, I receive their compassion, right? Start there. Like, does that make sense? So the way in should always be some other entity. It as can a, be you. It can be you. So we can use our own vo- you can voice use, too. You can, totally, you can use your own voice. That's perfectly fine. You can start with your own voice. You can start with, may I be, you know, may I be free with it? If you, if you connect to that, great. That's actually the traditional way. All these other creative ways is that in the West, there's so much challenge. It turns to be a lot of challenge with self-compassion. So we have all, we've come up with all these creative ways to, to get, to, to kind of rekindle, to kindle our own self-compassion. But if you can connect with your own wish for you to be safe and happy and well and free from suffering, yay, connect with that. Of course. Whatever works in this practice. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Over there. So, um, I got um, the first glimpse of self-compassion on an airplane probably 15 years ago mm-hmm. or more when they came on and they said, when the oxygen mask falls, 
You put it yeah. on yourself first, and right. then you help others. Exactly. And I was like, whoa. And so that's been my mantra ever since, is that if I really want to help someone else or be there for somebody else, I really have to have that inside of me. And so that's why I really work on it. Mm-hmm. And in CCT, mm-hmm. they said, um, we're not, the Western world is not used to that. We're so outwardly right. um, directed. And that's why they start with compassion for someone else. Right. That that's because that's what we do. And right. then we go into self. Right. Um, it's, it's actually, I appreciate everything you said. And just a minor correction to the last bit. Because um, actually what we start with, it, what's different. Um, so there's a practice of loving kindness. And then there's the practice of compassion. Okay, the, the practice of loving kindness, traditionally you start with yourself and then you go to others. In the West, with loving kindness, we start with somebody else and then we go to ourselves next. Okay? However, the practice of compassion, you don't start with yourself, even in the East, even in the suttas of the Buddha. So that's the correction I'm trying to bring in. You start with the person who's having a challenge. So that's, yeah. But yes, the loving kindness, we start in the West, we start with someone who's easy instead of starting with ourselves because it's so hard. Yeah. So I'd like to switch us now to doing one last thing together before, um, before we close. And... Um, yeah, actually, tell you what, let's do this. We're going to do an interactive. Let's do an interactive exercise. We're going to do this in groups of four or five. This is a little more open. And the, the, this practice is um, basically, yeah, actually, get, get into groups of four or five first. Yes. E- either, either, different groups, different groups. Different groups, and if you know someone, don't be in a group with them. Be in another group. If you need partners, raise your hand. Okay. Do we have groups of four or five? Yes? Anybody needing a group? Raise your hand. Here's your fourth person. Here's your fifth person. Okay. All right. We have our group of... Okay, great. So we're going to do a brief meditation. We're going to do a brief meditation. So getting into your meditation posture. One more person coming. You can join any group. Any group of four. Make a group of five. 
getting into your meditation posture and closing your eyes, feeling your body sitting and also the people sitting with you. Appreciating that all the people sitting with you in this group of four or five They're all beings like you. They're all humans like you. They suffer like you. They have joys and sorrows, hopes and dreams. They also have challenges just like you. You may not know what those challenges are, but you can sure you can be sure that they have them. So feeling, with your eyes closed, feeling the presence of the people sitting with you. Wishing them well. (coughs) Wishing them ease. Acknowledging. Again, not knowing. Not knowing what it might be. What physical challenges, what emotional challenges, relationships, financial, whatever it might be the challenges that people have sitting with you. Acknowledging that even though you don't know what they are, you're pretty sure they have them. Even if it might be simply getting old and the aches and pains of the body. So from this place of acknowledging this common humanity, wishing them well, May you have ease, all the people sitting with me in this group. May you have ease. May you be free from whatever challenge you have right now in your life. I share my goodwill, my good wishes with you freely. I wish you well. I wish you well, fellow humans, just like me. I know you suffer. I know you have challenges. Maybe you have self-criticism that really hurts. I wish you ease. I wish you goodness. I wish you freedom from whatever pains you, just like I wish it for myself. Just like I wish it for myself, I wish it for you. And now extending, extending from your group to all the groups here. Everyone sitting here at IMC extending your sense of goodwill. Knowing that everyone has something they they work with, they deal with. You don't know what it is. Some challenge in their life. All the beings in this room, may they have ease. May they be able to take care of themselves happily. Then extending further out, all the beings everywhere, 
all humans, all non-humans, beyond, beyond IMC, radiating out, acknowledging, knowing that all beings everywhere, all humans, all non-humans, life on this planet is not easy, it has challenges. So many different kinds of challenges. Even for people you think they have everything, life still has challenges. May everyone, whatever their situation, may they be free, whatever ails them, whatever troubles them. and sharing your offering of goodwill and compassion for the world. Now opening your eyes with your group, each one of you briefly sharing one thing you're taking home today with you from this day long. Something you're taking home. Maybe something that you learned. An insight that came up in your own practice that you would like to continue to cultivate. Maybe something that you learned from one of the teachings or somebody's comment. Something you're taking home with you as an inspiration to continue practice. And this time, whoever is closer to the door will start, to the double doors. (laughs) Back to, while you're getting back to your seating, um, someone asked, Um, the course that I'll be teaching starting this Wednesday, how is it similar, how is it different? It's similar in that it's about the theme of compassion. So there are some some things that are going to be similar. But this was a pretty short day long. It felt really short to me. I don't know about you guys, but there's so much more to explore. So in the four weeks, there was more time to explore. You'll have homework, which I will give you. so there, there was more, and, and there was some overlap. So there's both overlap, and there is more that we'll explore in the course. Um, is yeah. going to be recorded? Uh, probably. Well, I have to record it. I have to remember to record it, yes. <laughs> if I remember, yes, it'll be recorded. <laughs> it's in the future, so I don't know. Um, so, okay. So I'd love to hear a few, few reflections. What are you taking home? So you have a few minutes, get the mic, and go. Especially, especially if you haven't spoken today. Uh, people who have spoken a lot, pull back. People who, who haven't spoken at all, please pull forward so that we can hear from the shy ones a little bit. That's not exactly encouraging when I say shy ones. You're like, ah! People who haven't spoken yet today would love to hear from you first, please. Yes, please. Great. Mike is coming your way. 
Yes, uh, the one really big takeaway is the explanation about um, empathy distress, mm. and um, that really, really helped me. And um, just that also the imagery of the equanimity being the bedrock mm. and, you know, holding and compassion. I can use those. Those are practical, but they're also really solidly um, fruitful in terms of the practice of compassion. Great. Thank Lovely. you. Thank you. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I thought about something else about, you know, um, relating to in uh, hearing some of these concepts again over the four-week period. It's like when you hear it again and again, you kind of immerse in it. Right. Even if nothing was new in the course I was teaching, even if it was all the same stuff, which isn't, still spread over four weeks, you kind of swim in it. You kind of you, know, you interact, you do it, you come back, you get exposed. So, so I appreciate that the concepts were, you know, the, this different perspective was was supportive for you. Very much so. Thank you. What else? What are the reflec- reflections? You haven't spoken yet today. You know who you are. <laughs> Any hands up? Okay, yes. Hi. 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 Uh, I just want to say thank you and express gratitude for today. It was mm-hmm my first day long nice. and uh yay <laughs> and uh it's really hard all this stuff is really difficult and uh and i just want to say thank you and i think i've improved a lot through today so just mm. thank you <laughs> and Please thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for being here today thank you for your caring friend relative for have to have brought you here, and for you to have had the curiosity to come here and hang in here, hang in with it. It's not easy, especially it's a day long, right? It's all these concepts. So thank you for doing this for yourself and for everyone in your life who will actually benefit from from this. Yeah, thank you. Um, so one thing um, that an imagery that I'll take with me and that I think will be a helpful tool is um, when we went from the seated to the walking, mm. I sort of pictured like something shining like out nice. from my chest being compassion, like almost nice. like a Care Bear. That mm. could, like, if you guys remember Care Bears, like they give love, like shoot it out. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's wonderful because, you know, we're talking about, you know, you can't fix anything for somebody, but compassion is the idea of like, we're not fixing anything. We're just offering just a general, you know, just sort of love and unconditional, you know, regard for another, but that's, but just allowing that for someone so that they can sort of move through their own, you know, and we talked a little bit about, you know, suffering um, and pain are, you know, parts of one's own life and we're not here to, you know, impact that but just you know you said allow for us to be free and I think freedom is just being able to you know feel our pain and not 
necessarily suffer, um, but not needed to be taken away either. Yeah. So just knowing that I have that to offer for another um, is, uh, is helpful. Great. Thank you. And, and what your reflection actually reminded me of something I wanted to share earlier, um, to say there are also two different words in Buddhist practice for compassion. One is um, what we've been exploring today, which is more the meditative, the movement of the heart, the opening of the heart with presence, which is karuna. And there is another one which is anukampa. Anukampa is more active. It's a more active compassion. So karuna, which is what we're practicing, can actually feed and gives rise to anukampa, which is actually compassion in the world, compassionate action. Compassionate action. So, But in order for there to be compassionate action, but really compassionate, instead of it coming out of shoulds or got to, like it really coming out of the wholesomeness of care and love, first we really need to become versed in karuna, which is this compassionate um, feeling. So thank you for your reflection. Remind me of that to share. Thanks. We have time for one more reflection that anyone can, can join in. One last burning. Yes. Thank you, Nikki. Um, this is so much of a reflection as when you were talking about that thing about how, what was it, language stands in the way of communication? Lang- speech is an impediment to communication. An impediment <laughs> to communication, yeah. So today for me was like getting a psychic massage. Mm. You know, just that release of uh, built-up uh, mm. tension that a physical massage gives. I got mm. that. Uh, psychologically so thank you Mm, lovely thank you I love that image (laughs) psychic massage I love it that's right you feel that's that's beautiful thank you Jim so let's take a moment to uh, share the merit um, to share the merit of all of our practice together Ah, may all of our practice together in this day long, hanging in here together, all our silent meditation, walking, sitting, all our listening, all our questioning, all our reflecting, all of our practice today, interacting with each other, practicing within and without. May all of our practice today, in any shape or form that it showed up, May it support, may it be a cause condition for happiness, freedom, liberation, joy of all beings everywhere, which includes us. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. Thank you all for being here and practicing at IMC. It's been joyous, delightful to share this practice together with you. And Kristen has volunteers. How many do we need? Let me stop the recorder.